1: This is Live is Mike. Live Mike, with
0: Lee from Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, taxes, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Lee on KSL News Radio. Welcome to this Tuesday episode of Live Mike. Twelve thirty six at the time right now in the KSL newsroom. I have to apologize to, to all the producers and the bosses who tell me to stick to the script when I uh, get each day's show kicked off. We've got a, a long rundown here, and we're going to get to those details here in a second. But uh, there has been this thought in my mind that's been, if I'm honest, distracting me all morning and now into the afternoon. And uh, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you the story. Uh, I this morning. I was scrolling around on Twitter, and I saw the most basic of questions asked, and it was, "If you needed to, could you carry all of your loved ones to safety?" Very basic question, and it was asking in the context of maybe there's a fire in the home, or uh, some medical affliction leaves them incapacitated, and you driving them to safety is is what's important and uh, and the you know the most desired uh, avenue, and. And I, I went through and I thought of all the members of my own family. And I think for the most part, uh, I, could, I could carry them to safety. I've got this uh, uncle on my mom's side of the family who's uh, a real big, tall man. I might have to get creative with uh, dragging his, uh, him to safety. Uh, but I think it's an important one to, to ask. We're not going to dwell too long on this. And I'm not going to distract from the topic at hand, which <laughs> is a hearing taking place in Washington, D.C. right now. Uh, but I just wanted to plant that seed in your mind. Uh, and invite you to just consider, uh, in the name of safety, if I'm honest... In the name of safety and preserving life, could you, could you on your own physically move or carry to safety all of uh, your loved ones, specifically and most importantly those uh, with whom you live, those in your very own household? Anyway, uh, think about it. What I'm going to do is in, uh, maybe later in the week or next week or sometime, uh, we'll get someone uh, who can get us smart on the types of exercises or the types of techniques to use to, to bring that about. If you uh, aren't certain you could pull it off, Uh, We'll bring someone here on the program who can explain that. Anyway, uh, caring folks to safety. That's been on my mind throughout the morning uh, as I have been listening to uh, totally unrelated. right? Uh, But uh, for the first time since the attack on the United States Capitol uh, on January 6th, uh, those who were in charge of safeguarding her are uh, right now. Uh, acting as witnesses in a, a hearing taking place in the United States Senate. Actually, it's uh, it, it, it's it's uh, since ended. It lasted for about four hours and twelve minutes. Uh, participating as witnesses were uh, former Sergeant at Arms of the House, Paul Irving. That's a, a face and a voice more than anything that you will absolutely uh, recognize. He is, or he was, rather, from 2012 to 2021. The man who would announce the presence of the president of the United States when joint sessions like the State of the Union were assembled in the House chamber. Uh, another witness today, Stephen Sund, former chief of police for the U.S. Capitol Police Force, also uh, former sergeant at arms uh, and doorkeeper for the United States Senate, uh, Michael Stanger, and the current uh, chief of police, the acting chief of police of the Metropolitan Police Department of the District of Columbia. So the D.C. police chief uh, participating in that as well. Those four Individuals participating in a a massive joint committee, a gathering of the Committee on Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs and the Committee on Rules and Administration and uh, and in the rest all assembled there examining the attack on January sixth. Uh, also participating in the proceedings, a uh, a member of the Capitol Police Force herself uh, for almost nineteen. Years We heard, uh, was it just yesterday? We heard from uh, a 13-year veteran of the U.S. Capitol Police Force describing uh, what he saw and experienced. In particular, the uh, the racial slurs hurled in his direction. Well, now we, for the uh, second time only, are hearing from another member of that police force. Uh, she submitted a, uh, a three-page document to the record and also offered some comments. We'll get into those in a little bit. But what I want to do right now I want to take advantage of this medium of uh, long-form talk radio. <clears throat> we have some time here, and over the next uh, 20 minutes or so, as we walk our way towards one o'clock, I want to share with you uh, as much of what was said by these law enforcement officials as possible. They, the individuals charged with keeping uh, not only the United States Capitol building and complex secure, but also those members of Congress who work within her walls as well as the support staff. It pains me to say this, but what we witnessed on January 6th is not only a failure on the part of those who stormed the Capitol, smashed the windows and broke in, but also also a systemic failure on the part of those responsible for keeping that building secure. In their own words, let's walk through much of what was said Uh, During the the opening uh, parts of this hearing today, we'll start with uh, someone who remains on the job uh, and we will later move on to three individuals who were responsible for keeping things safe and who have since resigned. Right now, we'll start by hearing from acting chief Robert Conti of the Metropolitan Police Department of Washington, D.C., as he describes how they experienced or how they expected violence, how they prepared for it, but how those preparations fell far short.
1: Available intelligence pointed to a large presence of some of the same groups that had contributed to violence in the city after demonstrations in November and December. The district had intelligence indicating the potential for violent actions in the streets of the District of Columbia. In preparation for the anticipated demonstrations and the possibility of violence on city streets, MPD was fully deployed on 12-hour shifts the week of January 4th with days off and leave canceled. At Mayor Bowser's request, several area police departments were on standby in DC and more than 300 members of the National Guard were deployed on district streets, providing traffic control and other services. However, these resources were barely enough to counter an event that had never happened in the history of the United States. A mob of thousands of American citizens launching a violent assault on the U.S. Capitol.
0: We're going to continue listening to the comments and the witness testimony delivered by these various individuals. But before we move on, I want to be very clear about something. The the heroism on the part of the individual members of the United States Capitol Police Force, in particular uh, those uh, heroic actions uh, demonstrated on camera by Eugene Goodman, as well as countless others who we have since learned demonstrated great heroism uh, on their individual part. I don't want anything that we're about to hear to take away from that, Okay, because it doesn't. There was great heroism demonstrated by individual members of the Capitol Police Force, as well as other jurisdictions. What we are hearing from now, uh, or what we are hearing and learning today, is how the command structure, way up at the top, at the absolute top, uh, left that building unsecure. How through tactics, strategy, resource management, all of that fell short of the task at hand, which on January 6th, was to safeguard that building. We're going to take a quick break right now. When we come back, far less of me and more of those who were there and witnessed firsthand and were responsible for safeguarding the Capitol on January 6th. That's Ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.
2: Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport.
1: She was tear gassed and beaten.
2: Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds.